We're just gonna go. We're just gonna do it. Jesus's rage. (laughs) That would be such a great band name. Yes. That'd be a Christian band. Yeah. I don't know. Might be be a punk band. I think a punk band that could be good. Well, like twenty or thirty or forty years ago, rock was considered non-Christian music or something, right? Like when rock first came out, they were like, "That's not." Christian music. Can't shake and now your there's, hips like now there's that. Christian yeah. rock. <laughs> yeah, there's also like, Christian uh, like striker. heavy metals. Yeah, striker. 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 P E R. That was my first concert. What striker? Not striper. striper. That's hard rock Christian music. It's like think of it's metal? on my stream. It's on Kiss my with Spotify. Yeah, like they took Christian rock and made it worse. Gospel kiss. They dress like bumblebees. Yeah. Striper. Right yeah, it was the I, yellow I and black attack. I got Gospel the kiss. Yeah. Wow. Followed up by To Hell to, with the Devil. To Hell with the wow. Devil, one of the classic songs. <laughs> I was like, Listen, I guys, I have a comedy competition coming up, and this is a lot of material, so oh, we're going to move yeah. on. We're going to go ahead and move on to a topic today. Welcome, everybody, to the Executive Exercises Podcast, now streaming on your Spotify and Apple Podcast app through the Ponytails Podcast channel. Let's go with me, Lee McCroskey, Pat Roach, Quentin Roberts, Will Metcher, and Alicia Huck. Bios for them are in the description below if you want to find out a little bit more about their perspective or respective industries. And we're all pointing now if you're watching on on the YouTube. Um Okay, so our topic today is leadership versus management. This is a topic that was brought up by Rebecca Gebhardt, who was on the Ponytails podcast last two weeks ago. Yeah. She's great, by the way. She She's someone great. who we should have on here. We should see if we can get her to jump on here every once in a while. Um, She's Alicia's friend. Yeah, very spunky. Very spunky. We talked mm-hmm. about Alicia on that episode a lot. But in it, she mentioned the difference between or she's kind of was we were talking about the topic of leadership versus management, what their similar what their similarities are and how they are very different. And so wanted to hear from each of y'all since uh, this is something that you all have expertise in to see what your thoughts were on this. How do you define them? What, what are some do's and don'ts or any other relevant uh, thoughts that you have regarding leadership versus management? So hopefully, if you guys enjoy this, subscribe, like, follow. We'll be doing this uh, bi-weekly, so you can check them out as they come along. They're going to be shorter than the Ponytails episodes and a little more directed like this at specific topics. Go check out some more on our channel. Okay, rolling off. Lee, do you want to have your thoughts? We're going to go with Lee again first because we usually save Lee for last, but then he runs out of time. So we'll just start with Lee, and then, uh, and well, then we'll, pop, we'll popcorn from there. Uh, okay. Well, I'm totally flexible as far you know, I feel like my perspective, I have lived experience, which is Gen Z talk. And I also have classroom experience with leadership and management. So I feel like I could do uh, sort of the undergirding or the preface by talking a little bit about formally the difference between leadership and management. And then you guys can come in and add the color commentary with real life stuff. What do you think? Amen. Okay. Sounds fine. So I just Googled undergirding, by the way. It's a great word. Well, it is. And that's what I'm wearing now. So it sort of keeps, keeps everything. (laughs) I was going to say, don't look at the images. Don't no, look at the images, awesome. Will. You're not gonna like it. Yeah, that would be. Like uh, right. Do not Google undergirding. Right. 
and then the yeah the bible reference for the day is to gird your loins which was to <laughs> protect your vital area as you went into battle okay anyway leadership versus management uh a few thoughts uh one i am currently teaching a class in leadership and i'm using this book which is severely academic so i'll give you <laughs> a, a little of the academic side it goes through 14 or 15 different theories of leadership which is of little value to our listeners but just in case you want to know um anyway a few thoughts one management was created to reduce chaos in organizations and this is this is like old school back in the 40s and 50s when they were like we have a business and it moved from one dictator or despot running the whole show to uh to a management format so management was to make sure that organizations ran more efficiently so if you go to my management textbook which is somewhere on the shelf it says there are four functions of a manager and that's uh staffing controlling organizing and some other one there this is pretty boring but anyway it's to provide structure okay so that's management leadership produces change and movement and it seeks adaptive and constructive change so that's kind of the that's in my head in my class that's kind of where things fall so example you always want to share a story or personal example to make it real um right now i'm the chair of the diaconate at christ community church here in in nash in franklin and we have uh 29 deacons and deaconesses <clears throat> so i have both functions uh and i would probably say that a lot of the folks on the call have a dual function in what you do uh in, in terms of leadership i'm in char charge of change and movement so i had to create vision set strategies communicate align goals you know all that good stuff uh, get a team get an officer's team and then my job like this monday night will be to energize the rest of our diaconate the rest of our deacons and deaconesses so there's the leadership component but there's also a management component so i've got to provide order and consistency like example today i'm sending off the agenda for our meeting so i establish agenda set timetables uh make sure rules and procedures are mostly being followed and then solve problems and budget and stuff so anyway that's kind of the background to, to manage means to accomplish activities and master routines to lead means to influence others and create vision and motivation for change so they're two different functions but you got to have them both right and when managers here's the deal at southwestern we always every time i go speak there i know pat speaks there about every week but when I get the opportunity to speak there, I always have to go in and get pre-approach on what we're calling our student managers or student leaders. Currently, the flavor of the month is we're student leaders because no one wants to manage. We're all leaders. Whoa! You know, yeah. when, when managers are involved in, in influencing a group, they're in leadership. And when leaders are involved with, you know, controlling and operating and stat or recruiting, that kind of thing, they're in management. So anyway, that's me. There's some good stuff from Simon Sinek. Sinek? Sinek? Sinek. Sinek, yeah. Sinek. 
uh, he says that the leader is not in charge and shouldn't be, but the leader should be taking care of the people in their charge. Does that make sense? So the shift from being a, a top producer to someone responsible for the people in the job that involves sacrifice. And that's what leadership's about, according to him. So anyway, so, and I've, yeah, I've got more hmm. from, I mean, John Maxwell, I should pull out my certificate from him, but he's got 21 laws of leadership and 15 laws of growth and all kinds of leadership stuff. But anyway, so, I'll get into real life stuff maybe later, but that's just a opening salvo. That's a good start. And so to, to back up what you just said, which is interesting, just, I'm just going to drop this for yeah, fun fact. I thought it was pretty yeah. dry, but whatever. Well, well, look, so here's the deal. So I was looking and I can share the screen if you guys would prefer, but I'm looking at the graph of uh, use over time of each of these words and right around the like 1930s, it started spiking for management and it peaked right around like the turn of the century of the millennium. And then as of like last decade, it's actually starting to decrease. And in 2019, it came back down a little bit towards kind of halfway where it grown, yeah. whereas leadership has grown steadily the whole time since like even before the 1900s and it stayed and it's continued growth because people yeah. are starting to not use the word management anymore. Right. That's I mean, people there, you know, you can, you can uh, major in leadership now. I've got people that are majoring in leadership where I am teaching. I'm just like, really? Major leadership. What have you done? They go, nothing. I'm like, okay, well, this is a start. Wow. Good stuff. Well, do you think that that's becoming more uh, popular because people want to be led and we're willing to acknowledge it, but people generally don't want to be managed? You know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, to me, leadership and management, it's just leadership sounds cooler. That, like if you said, General Patton, what a great manager. People would go, oh, boo, I'm not going to follow him. But I mean, he was, a, he was a leader. But few people aspire into management because it sounds boring. It sounds like you're just, you know, looking at spreadsheets. So. spreadsheets. To simplify, like I've I've always just heard the concept: you manage things, you lead people. Like you don't hear the idea. It's not that is simple. Time leadership. It's time management. Well, like, according you to you, need Google's... management to like create the systems, but you right. need leaders to lead the people. According right. to the Google definition, is the process of dealing or controlling things or people is management. Someone's lying. And here, here's the Someone's problem. You, none of you guys sat in a director meeting at Southwestern with five self-described leaders, all who were called directors, who all thought that their way was correct and all wanted to change It's okay everything. to name names, Lee. It's okay to name names. Just <laughs> oh, let it rest. Come okay. on. Name the names. Well, Let's make I, this shit interesting. I mean, you had Roy Lofton, Craig Soder, right? Yes. DC. Now throw one or two of them under the bus. Okay. Well, they all, when they were in a room, they were all drivers and they all just, it was a kind of a verbal fist fight the whole time. And I saw people literally like from accounting who shriveled up and then just left the room because they couldn't take, I'm not joking. They couldn't take it. They're like, well, you, you know, their way was the correct way. And so, and none of them really liked meetings. So great combination. I loved them as a, individually, collectively, they were difficult because the too many leaders, Make it tough. 
like too many chefs in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I love that phrase. Pat, what do you got? Pat, what are you thinking? Um, well, I'm thinking back to when, you know, Henry and I were coming up with this idea of a real estate company. And one of the things that he said is, um, as you build this thing out, um, what, I, I should say this too. This is very important for a business like residential real estate where the margins aren't real awesome. Um, people can make good money being a salesperson. It's hard for the company to make a, a big chunk of change, right? Um, based on revenue. But he said, you know, generally you want to try and keep your org structure as flat as possible. You don't want to build into it these multi layers of managers over managers because eventually you get people whose job is just to collect information from one group to pass it to the next group and they're not actually they're taking money out of the system but they're not really adding a lot of value um what made it really easy for real estate is the facts of the matter, which you don't make a lot of money in real estate by leading an office. There can be additional funds for that job, but you make good money in real estate by being a salesperson. And everybody at our company recognizes that and actually embraces it. Um, I've had people come along um, over the years who have been like, you know, particularly if they're in the grind of a particular season, you know, and they'll be like, hey, have we ever considered creating like a trainer position? Uh oh, uh oh, you mute. You got muted for some reason. Jesus is rage. Jesus is rage. Right on. Oh, right You're, right. Sorry. You're back. I would have okay. loved it if your sound came back in the middle of that. Because that would have been so good. Yeah, don't listen to this episode. Um, go, what the heck was I saying? Uh, talking about, people were asking if there was a leader training role. Oh, yeah. There was a role yeah. Some of what I think is going on there is people going, man, I'd like another role with this company that isn't maybe requiring this season of grind, right? And anybody can appreciate that. But... Um, What's ultimately cool about where everybody sells, I mean, I'm the president of the company. I spend 75% of my time working with clients, buying and selling because it helps me pay my bills. Um, but in the end, I feel like I'm actually able to service the other managers slash leaders with the other 25%, let them do their jobs, and we can actually keep doing this thing. Um, it it removes this concept of I can't wait till I can be done selling so I can be a person who tells other people what to do and get paid for that. Um, if, you, if that position just doesn't exist, uh, it cleans things up. Um, so hmm. that's what's coming to mind uh, in terms of how Southwestern real estate is structured. And then a, a key thing that I'm kind of tapping into there is I, I describe these other leaders if you trust the people that are in charge of influence and directing and holding people accountable and caring for people, whatever title you put on that, um, if, you, if you develop them in their ability to do that for others, then uh, 
you know, it allows for everyone to continue to be a salesperson. It allows for people to split their time 75, 25, or 80, 20, or 85, 15 even, depending on what kind of responsibilities they have, everybody can sell. And so from a leadership standpoint, everybody goes, well, we're all inspired to sell here. We all are being led by other people who have forged a path we can follow. Um, That's Southwestern culture. Yeah. Big time. But that, to me, I always think Which of is like- why going back to those directors that all got axed, it's because there was this layer, right? Yeah. They, they retired all at the same time. When that <laughs> happened, they, they got right? retired. It's because they, you know, there was this perception of their job is collecting numbers from these guys who are doing the work and reporting it here, and they're getting a big chunk of pie for doing that. Um, I think they had probably more aged out of their ability to influence or impact, even though I always loved. Uh, my time with Craig Soder, uh, there was a time where it became less and less needed in terms of what I was going to accomplish anyway. So, yeah. and I can say that because he's no longer with us, so he can't be mad at me. Right. I mean, I always By think way, of it like Pat's on a roll today. Is anybody Pat. else wondering what the hell is going on he's where Pat is? So offensive. Wow. Today. I'm so happy. It's okay. Wait for people Let, to die before throwing them under the bus. This is the Pat Roach podcast. We're just Write that all down. swimming in it. Yeah. Um, if Craig's I, listening to this in heaven, then heaven is really disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus Craig. Sorry to let you down. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Wherever they're playing endless loops uh, of podcasts, yeah. I'm not sure that's heaven. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> right now they're listening of, to the Striper and being full of rage. Okay. Put Joe Rogan. Okay. Okay. So I had a question. It, would you guys define, like, if I was to say, give me the qualities, whether it's from people that you know, or like they do this in sports a lot, where it's like, give me the qualities of a person that would be a great leader. And what are the qualities of a person that are a great manager? And are they the same? Because I don't think, I don't think of them the same. Like, I think of, for me, I think of, for example, Michael Jordan was a good leader, but Phil Jackson was a good manager. Because even though you have someone like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, like it takes some sort of person to manage that talent, the skill, the competition, the rank pecking order, because there is a pecking order. Even in Southwestern, there is, even though they try to think that there's not. There's definitely a pecking order of like, we have to give the horse with the most legs the most track, essentially, right? So to me, when I think of leadership, I don't, I don't even think of a, of a person who it's almost like not self-proclaimed. Like almost everybody knows whether it's in an organization yeah. or in a company or whatever, that that person is the one that's just by example, almost just puts their heads down to me. I think that that's a good leader, but then also at the same time, leaders are people who can uh, handle adversity in a group and people look to that. Maybe they're not the star player. Maybe they're not the ones that are scoring all the three pointers or whatever, but they are the people who have the wisest and coolest perspective when shit hits the fan. And right. so then it's like, how do you, right? It, to be able to lead a group of people, you would, or just yourself, you know, a small group through something that's difficult, I think is also takes class and art, which is a little different. And managers are just people who pick and are good at acknowledging said talent and skill and just put them in the right places to be able to have the organization as a whole travel and move well that that's how i've always thought about it my that's just my two cents on it uh thoughts on that or if anybody has any some like, 
commentary on that. I just, yeah, just thinking about that, you said something that resonated, just the idea of Michael Jordan being a great leader, whereas Phil Jackson was a great manager. Based on kind of how I'm looking at the definition of leadership, I don't know if MJ was a good leader. He was a great driver. Yeah. But I think leaders seek to understand and I think leaders ask good questions and like they're there for others. And so the idea of MJ, like he didn't give a shit about what other people thought, like as, as long as it had to do with winning, he was okay with it. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. Well, Alicia, you're but, shaking your head. But, I'm, I'm, I love your feedback. I, I think you're good. putting a moral code on what leadership is. And I think that's one of the mistakes that we make when we set about to train leaders. Like Joseph Stalin was a very effective leader. That was Hitler. The trains, yeah. the, the trains ran on time. Valid. Stalin got them to run on time by saying, I will murder everyone in your family if the trains don't run on time. Right. So for me, leadership is about influence. Yes. Management is about execution. Yeah. So leadership, I think it's more useful to look at it in terms of what are the skill sets that a person with that responsibility has. Cause you can, you know, we think of influence or we think of leadership like it goes with a position, right? I'm the boss, I'm the manager, I'm the no. CEO, I'm the whatever. But the truth is, if you look at like somebody like Oprah, right? tons of influence right no formal role didn't wasn't in charge of picking the book that everybody read for 20 years but every time she did everybody read that book right so i think if you think about management in terms of those are core skill sets that you have to have in order to be good and i think one of the problems in southwestern there were a lot of us who we were good at influencing other people, right? We knew how to move the needle or have a conversation that was persuasive. We had a vision for something. We could attract people to a cause, sort of rally the, the group. But management skills, things like how do you organize the work that needs to be done? How do you track and manage the right. work that people are doing and the results that you're getting? How do you System. delegate? How do you train? How do you do confrontation, accountability, appreciation? How do you hire and fire people really well, right? Um, Those are all things that, those are core skills of management, but we don't necessarily think of, these are the things you gotta learn, right? So we, I think most of us who sold books had those breakdowns. I mean, I still carry my jar of Georgia dirt from summer number two right? Mm. Where I was managing people and failing miserably because I knew how to lead, right? What I didn't know how to do was manage. I didn't know how to actually document and track things. And I also think while I'm on a roll, um, we train leaders in really stupid ways. So for example, that summer in Georgia, I was, I'm somebody who's very task oriented and they told me you got to get stats in on time. You got to do these certain things at a Sunday meeting. You got to make sure your roommates are effective. So I did what my default is, which is to try and command and control the people around me with a louder and angrier voice until they capitulated, right? Through into, and it was miserable. I helped burn down a whole organization that year because I thought my job was the task. The truth is your job is both the task as a leader and the environment and man. And what I should have been doing that year was also managing the mental and emotional environment that students were in when they were with me. And when we were at Sunday meetings, but I thought it was the task. 
So for me, I had a big epiphany that year that um, when we train leaders, there's some of us who are more, um, our default is sort of how I get results is command and control, right? Take charge, give direction. We start meetings with what's the agenda. And then there are some people I think who like Virgie Sanford is a good example. She's more of what I would call a nurture style leader. She's infinitely better at collaboration. She starts meetings with how are the people like she wants to check in and our culture only recognizes command style leaders. We like swagger. We like people who stride in and take charge. And the more scared we are to your point earlier, Pat, the more we want somebody to take charge and tell us how it's going to go because then we can just fall in line with that. But we, we, when we're training leaders, it doesn't make sense to me because we'll, we'll tell people like me, you just need to be nice. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I have results that I have to produce. And we tell people like Virgie, you gotta be more aggressive. You gotta be stronger, which she's not gonna do no matter what. That's not how she relates to people. Instead, if we tell people like me, you gotta be fair, like don't be such a dick right? Be fair to people. You can't yell at them if they didn't know because you didn't tell them. And we tell people like Virgie, you got to be more clear and direct, like actually say what needs to be said. Then we help really effective leaders can do both. They can speak from either side of that fence really effectively. And that's, I think what makes them like, you know, Jim Collins describes a level five leader. It's somebody who can do both. And I think who also has a lot of those good core management skills. And if we talked about management skills in a different way, people might actually get more of them. And if we taught leaders, because it's crazy that leadership is so critical and so important, but we have no dominant framework. Nobody's ever been able to come up with a set of ideas about how to identify and train leaders quickly and effectively that became dominant. I mean, I know we've all read the book that Lee is pointing to, the Encyclopedia of Accounting Leadership Principles. You're uncomfortable. And that's my thing. And there's Georgia dirt, which I scooped up before I left. And there's a lot of my tears in this dirt. It was the last thing I did before I cursed the entire state and moved on. Before you pulled a pat. Yeah, Pat. Thanks for that. If I had had a tape called Jesus's Rage, I would have been playing it as I drove home. Right on. (laughs) Flip this table. Fantasy. Boom. Um, Will Will actually has the 12 something something of leadership. I couldn't see what it was. He's already got the answer and he gave well, here's yeah, when you were talking, it made me think of eight things. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't <laughs> One is just start talking out. and you know, eventually a couple of them will come out. Yeah. How do lead, No no we're gonna keep yeah. track. We're gonna keep track. This is one. So, no, I mean, judgment. This makes me think I was such a bad leader and manager initially. I was bad at both. I just wanted people to like me. That is, That was how I started in the Southwestern on the track. And I found five people that liked me. We went out to work together and then I mismanaged them and didn't lead them well. And it was a disaster and no one came back. And then my next team I took out, I brought out 10. How many came back? None. I'm like, what am I... So I think, you know, you've got to develop judgment. How do you develop judgment? From what? Experience. Experience. How do you get experience? From messing from it up. From poor judgment. <laughs> so. But we out- should be able to do better, Lee. 
This is I insane. Know. We've That's... been we've had hundreds of years of human development. The best we got is go suck until you figure it out. No, that's not, I didn't say that society has, but not individuals. No, I didn't say that was a strategy, Alicia. I'm just saying, Ooh, that's, burn. that's how I went after it. I just, I this learned what I learned was <laughs> that my personality and my, the, my need to be liked was so great that people walked all over me and I didn't, I wasn't, it was, I'm a little bit Virgie like, I'm not comparing myself to Virgie because she's super good in her lane. But you she know, did not start learn... out that way. Right. Oh. Well, I had to learn through poor judgment that if you don't confront people firmly and fairly, then you will have massive management problems and you will lead them all to the bus station. So as they quit, which my teams did, it's beautiful. So anyway, got... Yeah. Oh. So what, the thing it made me think about was with Ken Blanchard was situational leadership that initially you have to direct people, you have to command, you have to lead by example. And people, especially I'm thinking of Southwestern here, we say, you work this many hours, you, this is your script, you learn these words, you start at this time, you end at this time, you eat this way, you know, and for a first year, that's this is a whole new world, that gives them confidence. But then the situation changes as their commitment goes, commitment is always variable. But if they fall apart, you have to change your coaching style coaching supporting delegating and so Ooh. my yeah there are my dogs so you have to lead people in a different way and be flexible and i yeah. took me a long time to learn i want to hear what q's got on this yeah q knows a lot i'm yes. done i know all the things <laughs> uh first i thought that was just a picture of quentin he'd been so still for so long He's... i was just waiting <laughs> for my chance quentin's, quentin's about to be like you were all wrong Here's just what's happening. My, I'm just waiting <laughs> Except for my two Alicia. and a half, and a half of 60 right. minutes get my portion in. Okay. The first thought I had when... Uh, Quentin's when the Pat, new lead. When, 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 when Pat was talking about the old Southwestern people that kind of their, their role, they were basically just eating up a bunch of money is what I understood from what he was saying. All I could think about was the scene in Office Space where there's the guy that the Bobs are their consultant, their, their efficiency consultants. And they're talking to the guy like, what do you do here? And he's like, I deal with the damn customers. I have people skills. Don't you understand? And they're asking him what he does. And he's like, well, I get this from the customer and bring it to the engineers. And like, you physically do it? And he goes, well, sometimes, but there's <laughs> that whole role that I think can happen. And that's just a side note. All I could think about was office space. Cause it's a great movie, but Good. At the same, I think there's so many leadership and people bring in so much of their own definitions of what a lead, what a leader is and what a manager is. There's so many, everybody has their own preconceived notions and they bleed together and nobody's dealing with the exact same definition. So the conversation kind of sucks to begin with because we're not even using the same definition because there's not yeah. really a, a clear cut definition. But like what I was thinking about when Mil when, when Will talked about, about Michael Jordan, I, what I thought about was selling styles. I probably sell very different from Will and Alicia and Lee or Pat or Andres. We can all be talented salespeople, very good at our jobs, but we sell in different ways. And I view, I view leadership as much the same. The best way for Michael Jordan to lead the team was, was not to be, he did it. The, he led the way the team needed and in in, to the best of his ability. If he had tried to lead that team, 
the same way maybe LeBron James leads his teams or Chris Paul leads his teams or whatever. It's like you don't you got to stay in your lane of what you're good at in regards to the leadership. You don't want to try. Like, I don't want to be Virgie, not because Virgie's not good or talented. It's because I, I'm not Virgie and I'm not going to be able to lead that way. So I think when it comes to leadership, it's hard to define it because every organization needs to be led in different ways at different times. And some people may or may not have the skill set or the ability or the experience or the knowledge to, to do it. When I think of management, I, I think of myself, I think of myself as more of a manager than a leader, but just listening to some of the stuff, you know, Lee was talking about, I think there's, there's aspects of both. I tend to think about processes and systems and what's the most efficient way to do it. But as a leader, kind of like what Will was talking about, nobody wants to be managed. And I think nobody wants to be managed by somebody who's awful at explaining the reasons and the why behind the processes and able to explain it in a way that's understanding and feeling like they're being felt and, and taught how to do it and why to do it. And I think a lot of managers suck at that. They suck at explaining the why behind the how, getting people to understand why a process is important, getting somebody to understand how a cold shower will help you or how tracking your statistics matters. A crappy manager says, you need to do it, you need to do it, you need to do it. And I think a, a quality manager has a leadership aspect of doing it by example and explaining why in hell and giving them a vision for how doing these processes that they're managing were going to help to help them to be better. So I think... I think a good manager is going to have good leadership aspects. And I think a good leader is also going to be able to think they need to obviously know how to manage. You're not going to be able to, you can't, you're not going to just be good at one. You can't be good at one without being good at both. I think. I agree. This has been a good episode. And yeah. Quentin, your, your personality is actually coming out based on what you just said too. Yeah. You have to, the idea of having to explain something to someone like, I didn't care the, the why. Like, I just wanted to know, like, if I do this, am I going to get this? Mm -hmm. Like for some people, I think you're right. You do have to explain to them. But I think at the, at, at the end of it, it's, you have to know that somebody cares because I, you know, I take my point back. The idea mm -hmm. of Michael Jordan, like he cared about the organization. He cared about, well, he cared about winning, which at the end of the day was driving the organization. And it, Alicia, this is fun. Like I, I, I like the fact that we are disagreeing here. You don't think leaders have to no. care about their people? I'm with Alicia. No, Michael Jordan didn't give a sh like. Listen, he might have been a great person, right? He maybe he loved everybody on the team. That's not the way that he was going to produce results. Correct. And you know, if you think back, okay, so like the um, miracle, right? Story of that hockey team. And the coach set himself up to be the bad guy, right? And it just didn't matter. I think as a leader, your job is to guard the environment and create an environment that is conducive to the results that you want to get. I think that when we put that, it's, you got to care about people. It's about, how, I mean, it's not bad that people like their leader or feel like their leader cares about them, right? And you might be more inclined to follow someone who is actually um, going to do that kind of servant style leadership. But I always think about um, General Patton. So he was in World War II. He was a real bastard. Like he beat Truly. the hell out of a traumatized soldier 
and was demoted for it. On D-Day, Patton was on the fake front in France. He got demoted so far down because he was he was intense with people. He was a driver, right? And I think he gets a bad rap these days because that's not politically correct and we shouldn't do that. And I'm not advocating for generals to beat the hell out of soldiers suffering from PTSD, but I think he was fighting Nazis, the greatest threat the world has ever known, the greatest evil. And if we were fighting Nazis today, you'd be looking for as many patents as you could get your hands on. So I think when we add that moral component, we make everything so much harder and we miss some of the core skills that are about moving a group of people and getting results. I think you have to do it morally and ethically, but I don't know that they got to love you. I didn't always love my leaders. It's for the I, I, good of the organization then. Yeah, but, but for I the think, good of moving forward. Well, think about it. like he all he cared about was beating the Nazis. Right. Yeah. But 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 the thing is this, I think I think what happens is I think there could be multiple leaders within an organization. It just depends yes. on what you need. And that's what a management do, manager does. And there's also like a Venn diagram mm -hmm. between like leadership, management and coach. So, for example, like and probably the best ones meet right in the middle. But like Michael Jordan would probably make a terrible basketball coach if you like if because like he just doesn't have the sympathy that a, that a coach really needs to have for whatever. But when you're putting a team and we're talking about management and organization or, or leadership, but this is a part of an organization. You have to, by definition, have a group of people that you're doing this for. Right. So in, the, in his case, it was a basketball team. In your case, it might be a sales team. But. Each team, because of a, the definition of a team, needs a different kind of player, right? You needed you needed like the defensive player, which was like uh, your rebounder, which was what's his name uh, with the ring with the what Dennis was his Rod name? Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, Dennis right? Rodman. You needed you needed a Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan. Otherwise, you don't have Jordan. You needed Jordan, and then you needed like Steve Kerr, who was more like the gentle guy yeah. that everyone was like, "Oh, you're so," nice, which is how he coaches now. Right? He's a lot more caring, but. What the management mm. skill that Phil ja Phil Jackson was not a good basketball player overall. He wasn't like an NBA star, but he was good at realizing I have this guy who can do this, this guy who can do this, and this guy who can do this. How do I blend this together to make a good rest? Like he had the ingredients, and a manager is more like a cook or like a chef. It's like I got this at the cabinet. What can I make out of this to make it flow? Right. On the other hand. You had Michael Jordan in this in this analogy. Michael Jordan was like the strong spice. It was it's in your face. It's hot. It's coming in for you. But it's what makes it win, right? So there was leader. There's leaders in any organization that can nurture people. You would naturally think, oh, leaders should t be able to take care of their people, like a, the head of a family, right? Whether it's a mom or a dad, the leader of a family should take care and provide. That's a, that's something that you hear from books and things that you read. But also, you have people like. Uh, to give a different example of, a, of 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 winning, like Messi, who he's not like Michael Jordan, up front in your face, trying to start, you know, willing to get into a fight. I need to win until I die. He's more the quiet kind. He's the kind of leader that in soccer, this is a big deal, where he would get tackled, wouldn't go down. He'd get right back up, get past the ball over, get it back. He'd as soon as he score, he'd go point to his teammate and signal him out for giving him that pass. So he like it's a different kind of leadership. But what Alicia I think is saying is when you and Quentin is when you find somebody who for your vision as the manager, who's really the person that sets the vision, like this is where we're going. We're managing this group of people. When you find someone who can put rails and wheels on your vehicle with their skill to get you to that north star you are going to just go okay bro or sister let it rip 
and you just get out of their way. That's like the type of Michael Jordan leadership is. Other other people need to be coached into that position, but I think that there is a difference between you don't need to care for someone to be a good leader. You don't need to like be all you just need to be the best at what you do. Like you know your role, whether that is leadership role or not. You know your role and you execute the shit out of it and you're good at it. If if it was 2 seconds on the clock and someone needed to get the ball, it, nobody cared about how nice Michael Jordan was or wasn't. Nobody cared about any of this other stuff. They just said, Michael's getting the ball because he's Michael. And he earned it. And he gets the job done. And he gets the job, which means he does. He executes the shit out of his. He knows his role because he knows his role because Phil Jackson was like, this is your role. Same as Rodman and Pippen. And so a management person is good or a coach is good at like letting people shine in their strengths. And a leader is a person that shines well with their strength. That's how I've interpreted it so far. Really quick, Will, I think there's a useful distinction. Um, something just occurred to me. I think you're saying they got to care about the people. And what I am saying because of this exchange is I think they got to care about something, right? There's got to be some yeah. emotional component or pull. Could be the mission, could be the organization, could be the people, right? Could be growth and development. I think there's some emotional component and then you get into oxytocin and dopamine and all the like social bonding chemicals. Like there's got to be something at the core of it that we are emotionally aligned on purpose wise. But I don't know that it has to be the individual people. So I think that's a thank you. That's really so interesting. It, this conversation is wonderful. Remember this from Star Trek. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Is that what mm. that means? Well, I thought it was go forth and prosper. I thought that's well, awesome. it, it means Lee is kind of a dork. <laughs> no, so we're not, he's still alive, of, so we're not bashing on him. We're going to yeah, talk more about Soder. Good point. Well, Pretty okay. soon you'll be able to bash on me. I was I, just trying I, to get out of the NBA realm. Yeah, like, seriously. Okay, I get it. Okay. Geez, somebody's listening. But, they're not sports. So. Whether we talk about Jordan or Patton or whatever, if you boil this down, this leadership concept, at the end of the day, the leader is the person who goes and says, I'm going over here and I'm going to do this thing. And if people follow, that person is a leader. But here's the thing. If it turns out that that person is like, yeah, screw you who's following me and uh, get out of my way. I'm trying to go over here. And all of a sudden is you know not caring for the people that are following. Eventually that person will be by themselves. Right. And, and so, that's literally what Michael Jordan did. And he was never alone while he was raising all those championship trophies. That's okay. literally well, the look, exact thing I, he did. Okay. I'm going over here. I, screw you. Get on board. Run as fast <laughs> as you can, as hard as you can. Or we're not, he didn't give a shit. Um, how many seasons did Jordan play? 17. Wasn't it 17? Did he win more championships than anybody else? I think mm -hmm. I'm well, a big Jordan there. fan. Absolutely. Hold, hold and on. I think there's a difference between trying to and i agree what you're with what you're saying but all of the examples that you're using have a definite end goal there's a war there's going to be an end goal there's a basketball game there's going to be an end goal whatever it takes yeah whatever it takes but to pat's point when somebody you know is only caring about themselves and only driving they're eventually going to be alone but yes. it's caring about yeah. An end goal is not doesn't necessarily mean you just care about yourself. 
I see what True. Pat's saying. Pat, what Pat, finish your thought. Pat. Well, I just think, you? okay, to, and I'll bring into what Will's saying here. If, if, yeah, there might be situations where people are like, hey, uh, if you've got to go uh, kill some Nazis, you probably want Patton on your team. You're going to hate him. What a jerk. But if you're going to kill Nazis and uh, we have a, uh, an opportunity here where we're all going to need to go kill some Nazis. Yeah. OK, let's bring him in. What are your best ideas? Let's go. But as a soon lot as of that's his people done, love as, him. But as soon as that's done, dude, see at the reunion, maybe. OK, but a lot of his when, people loved him. What we're talking because that's about, the leadership they need. Yeah, but what we're talking about is mostly we're talking about this in the context of business where we're trying to do things with people for years on end and grow something for an infinite mm -hmm. amount of time, right? And so it's a different set of leadership that is required for those settings because you can't just, you know, go shoot them all up and, you know, eat my dust. It's, uh, I hate, I hate poor retention. And if, if I've got people exiting my company, it drains every bit of me. So for me to be able to continue to lead, guess what I got to do? I got to find a way to help people hit their goals and love me all at the same time. Ooh. And then they're going to go, this, this, this whole package is working. I'll stick around here for 10, 20, 30 years. <clears throat> That's what I got to be able to do if I want to lead in this kind of context. That's true. Context is pretty important in this. Uh, Q, you had your had some. Yeah, like it's I'm thinking about this conversation we're having and I'm thinking about this question like, hey, what's the right bait to go fishing with? Well, what are you fishing for? So it's funny because we're using this example of basketball and killing Nazis, which are largely going to be like your people you're managing and leading are largely going to be like 20 to 35 year old males that are incredibly competitive and driven and they're just trying to destroy the competition if you're like the leader of, a, of an elementary school yeah you're gonna probably need a little bit different leadership style like so again what's what's the bait you're using what's your leadership style then a lot to do with who are you leading you know the leader of the yeah. cooking club the cookie cooking club is going to be different than general Patton leading a bunch of soldiers to kill nazis so this this conversation has gotten a little ridiculous yeah. because one none of us are leading armies or basketball teams okay by the way basketball killing nazis outside one of, of the best our podcasts we've ever done <laughs> but I, I just feel like whether you're the leader of an accounting firm and you're leading accountants or you're leading a sales force of salespeople that are highly motivated and competitive or you're leading teachers it's just it's drastically different leadership styles and things that are that True. are needed even if you think about yourself yeah. like who was your who's your who's been your top leader in your life that's going to be your answer you if you and i had the same leaders we would all rate that category actually differently because we need certain things because we have certain deficiencies that the leader will point out and help us with and other things that a leader might be good for somebody else is not going to be good for me because I don't need their help with X, Y, or Z, but they may be really good at it. I just don't need it, but somebody else. So <laughs> I'm just kind of laughing that we keep talking about military and basketball because that's just like, 
not the category most people are are in and star trek but but to that point like that's what what i meant earlier it's like you just got to know what kind of people you need for the specific mission so it starts out with the manager or the leader sometimes it's both at the very beginning and you go here this is where we want to go like this is the north star and who what who do i what players do i need in my roster what what soldiers do i need in my roster what salespeople do i need in my roster to get to that because there is something to be said about the kind of leader that you need that's kind of ruthless like that. And even in our sales organizations, we all had that person. We all had the person that it was like, all right, and Will and Q were the ones in the force organization that were like, all right, you two are just going to go and sell a shit ton of books so that you're breaking belief barriers for the poor little first years who are trying to break 100 units a week when they're seeing you guys hit morts. Like that was their job. And that was, and they executed well. Hannah Reesberg was another one of those. If we're bringing it back to something we all know, right? I wasn't that guy. I was, I was more the hey, you're the more compassionate. You give good PCs, and so you're gonna lead the first years in that regard. And you're kind of like the Virgie, where you're gonna kind of be like, hey, it's okay, and give them something to hang on to till next Sunday, and do that. And I executed that, and I did well. I wasn't the one told to go sell a ton of books, but you knew that you needed someone like you or and Metcher, who were like the Jordan and Pippin of our. Sorry, you were the Pippin Metcher because we'll beat you. But um, um, because <laughs> I'm kidding. You guys were both the Jordans, uh, and you guys. Quentin, he's talking about Brandon Q. Brandon Q. By the way, um, yes, yeah, uh, and, but but I remember those manager meetings where it's like we just know. I remember Matt Atchison sitting down and goes, "You know." that they are going to sell a lot of books and you needed someone like that in your organization to be just like the ruthless horse, as well as you needed the leader that can handle uh, how to, how to like people's emotions. Right. And so I think it is important to have that horse on the wild horse, but you also need someone who can manage the tough times. Cause usually when the, when the organization trips, people don't rely on the wild horse to just to right. pick up and carry. So, so that brings up, what we've talked about team leadership that you have to have a combination i mean diversity you don't have diversity i believe it's an old wooden ship used in the civil war era um (laughs) it's from anchorman it's from anchorman that's my job we can't do any better than this not finish anchorman it's the whole thing finish finish your thought lee but i'm glad that you mentioned this because that's what rebecca gibhart said she goes leadership is a team sport Exactly. A it's a conglomeration of people with different skills and talents. That's how you can, you're going to make it. Agreed. I guess that was my ill communicated point about having five directors as the leaders of Southwestern is they were all the same. They were cut. Their jibs were all cut of the same cloth to use sailing terms. And so since they were all alike, there wasn't any combination of people to offset or complement or challenge. And so it just became mono mono thought which is poor management so whoever was whoever was managing them was doing poorly it's poor everything yeah (laughs) well and here's the deal this is a a, kind of a useless thing that we're trying to do here in that we're we're taking a if you've listened this far (laughs) you've listened this far you're stupid because no sucker no tune in next time where we do something that's actually worth listening to yeah i thought this is great i don't know there's my point i'm gonna make this point i'm shutting up they have studied this leadership hundreds of people for 70 or 80 years and they still can't even agree on what leadership is john Mm. maxwell says leadership is influence period and i'm like oh i can remember that but Mm. 
we're trying to take it and push it into 45 minutes and have us all agree. And just like whomever said, if you, if you say a word, that means different things to different people. It was cute. It's mm -hmm. like leadership means different things to different people. I'm like, I get it. I get that. That's true. I think leadership is if somebody's following you. Yeah. That's There's even followership. Which is influence. You're right. It's, if and, somebody's following you, you're leading. And if they're not, you're not. And to, to be a good leader, you have to learn to be a good follower first. If you haven't le learned how to follow you. I like that. Okay, wait, I got, I got one more and maybe this is a topic for a different day, but every time, every few Isler. weeks, somebody on uh, LinkedIn <laughs> will put up that quote about Steve Jobs saying, I don't manage people. I hire people who don't need to be managed. It always makes my blood boil. Cause I'm like, first of all, you're not fucking Steve Jobs. Like yeah. you're not him. Yeah. Two, you're not willing to pay for the kind of talent that he paid for. And three, mm. you're not Steve Jobs. Like everybody needs to be managed. Everybody needs that container. And I think that management is best when you're using your skills to get things out of the way of people being productive. Like you're getting things out of their head that will help them be more productive yeah. or, you know, obstacles Ooh. in their environment, stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm curious, do you guys think people need to be led and need to be managed? Is it both? Is it one? And is that what we talk about three weeks from now? Oh, that might be the topic for next week. That's, so much to good. dig into with that. This is so good. But first of all, for you say for all y'all saying that this wasn't worth it for the people listening, I thought this was a fascinating conversation. This is one of the more fun ones I've had in a long time. I mean, we've agreed a lot on a lot of things. We go, yeah, that's good. How about this? Yeah. But this one, I was like, no, I don't think so. And I like. I only like what Quentin said. But that's I love what Quentin says. True. I think yeah. next time Quentin starts Quentin. first. Yeah. Yes. Quentin. You're the Let's guy get the now. quiet no, one going. You, you can't let him go first because he says less. If you make him wait like halfway through, then he gives you all the good stuff in his brain. I think Quinn's the best leader here. Good manager. Or manager. Woo! Maybe he's the best manager here. Maybe, Maybe he's the we best do coach. <laughs> no, because he's just letting us do whatever we want. Poor management. This is he's leading by example. I'm so we, no, the problem is we don't we have we have six leaders on the call. We have no managers actually managing it. <laughs> Wait, that's what Andres is supposed to be doing, or Lee. One of you that's guys. Is it? You're we, we managed. We managed poorly. Andres, okay. that's Amy. That's we're just blaming it on Amy, she and I'll send her that clip. Manager. I'll send her this clip. Um, okay, okay. Ooh. That is actually this is this might be a good pausing point, but I do like that as a topic for next time. Is like, do, how do you discern if people need to be led or managed? And man, that's I think we can go a rabbit hole on that one as well. Um, any closing thoughts from anybody before we wrap people, this? No. <laughs> We're going to have to define terms. It's going to be the same thing. Well, I, I, the, I'll i say this about the uh, group of five guys who couldn't figure out how to agree with each other. Um, I think the thing is, is they didn't have a common interest. It was just a bunch of narcissists that were getting together to brag on themselves. That's pretty harsh, man. Yeah. Keep it coming, Pat. Well, tell me something. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. And then Preach. I'll preach okay craig, so if you craig get, soder was a narcissist uh, within the Boyd, context within the Tom context Boyd, yeah. of that group mm, with fair yeah yeah so, okay. i understand what he's, you're saying he's Tom no Boyd. trump or anything i'm just saying he we're talking about some guys who go i my ego needs to be validated by these other people who are not going to give it to me and they all want the same thing 
And they're like, I have to one up this other person in this group to feel like I have value. And as soon as you have that, you've got a completely dysfunctional group and it's no surprise that that kind of turned out. So. Ooh, this is, oh, this is so good. All right, guys, we're going to, we're right. going to wrp it up here. <laughs> this is that, good to, to be see honest, you guys. This was very this was fun, fun for me. I appreciated this. Lee, thank you for joining. Keeping it, yeah, keeping it different. We'll see you guys on the next one. This has been the Executive Exercises Podcast. I can't, man, we had so many weird buzzwords on this one. Nazis, Jesus Rage, basketball, all sorts. Diversity is a wooden ship. Was it? Ungirded? What was it? Ungirded? Gird your loins. Gird your loins. Undergirding. Of Just all the buzzwords. Go ahead and hit the music, Andre. Yeah. Just- That's yeah.